and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're talking about framework as you read the Bible. You guys, this is our very last episode of season five and our last episode on the Old Testament. It's got to be on Christmas, right? This is a Christmas episode. I believe this comes out after Christmas, around the 28th So we're doing so. no Christmas episode on I the Christian know. Formation podcast. Andrew has been very upset about this, you guys. I mean, he's been telling me how much of a mistake this is. I don't know that I would say mistake. Yeah, I might say mistake. <laughs> it might be wrong of but us. But that's because but it's you, Christmas time. Yeah, and you love Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Advent. Our church loves Advent. Well, we're trying to get our church to love Advent if they don't. Right. We did all this work on Advent. And then for this podcast, we said, no big deal. Okay. Don't well, need to focus on Christmas. We did have it's an episode. It's only our Lord's birth. But, Stop. Well. We did have an episode that came out on November 9th about celebrating Advent. Did we really? Yeah. Why celebrating Advent that. helps you. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. I'm yeah. glad we did that right around Halloween. Yeah. Oh my word. You're hilarious. And it was two weeks after Halloween. So I feel like it was fine. But aren't you excited? This is our very last one. And you're, are you going to be sad? You love the Old Testament too. I do love the Old Testament because it's really helpful. And what we've been saying the whole time, and even last episode when Debbie was talking, it was just a helpful reminder of the value of knowing the Old Testament for knowing everything else. Like she mentioned, it was the foundation, which is kind of what we've tried to say this whole time. Like you don't really know Christ fully, like what he came to do, or, you know, you read through the gospels, you see all these random stories and miracles and things and places, and it can feel very random unless you know the Old Testament and you see how intentional all that stuff is. So hopefully it's been helpful. Yeah. I don't know. Has it helped you like in thinking through the Old Testament? Yeah. I don't think I realized how many different genres there were and how that really does impact what we read and how we read it. I think that's been really helpful. I think it's also just helpful seeing, I mean, kind of as Debbie said, the red thread throughout all of the Old Testament of pointing to Jesus. It's just really cool. And it reminds you of the fact that he's the cornerstone of our faith. Do you think it's helped people read their Old Testament? I don't know if it's helped people what are you read talking about? it. Well, because I haven't heard anyone tell me that it has. I mean, I would like to believe that. that. I would probably say yes. It probably what a promo has. for this whole, <laughs> yeah. all the hours we've spent talking know, about the Old Testament. I know. No, I bet it's. Has this I been like 20 helped. episodes or something? Oh my word. Probably more than that. I don't even know. I'd have to either. go back and count. But Ooh, what a waste. On that, well, on that note, from all the. Pre- <laughs> I can't believe you said no. <laughs> I literally well, I said it on know. a T for you to I say yes. I mean, I don't know. I would say yes, but I haven't had someone verbatim tell me that. Have you? Yeah, lots of people. Oh, well, then I should have been asking you that question. No, I don't think it has been helpful. Oh, my word, stop. It's been super helpful. Anyway, on that note, if this has been helpful, like it, rate it, review it. If it hasn't, like it, rate it, review it. Don't, don't rate it if it hasn't been helpful. <laughs> oh, my word. Well, you guys, last week, Debbie Blank shared about her literal view of Israel and the church. And we wanted to just take a step back and talk about framework in general. She gave a literal view of reading the Bible, whereas we gave a genre or literary view of the Bible. Our view isn't the only view, and we want you to sit with the Lord and discern what view is the best as you read the Old Testament. And this is the 
cap to the Old Testament series that we're doing, why? Like, why is this so important for somebody? Let's say someone's doing a Bible in a year plan. They're starting in January, which is in a few days. Why is it important for them to know this question as they now begin the trek through the Old Testament? I think it's really important to figure out your own personal views, not just on Israel and the church, but how you read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible as Debbie does, or as a lot of other people do, if you read it literally, that will then change and impact the way that you read some of the New Testament and also understand God's truths. And if you read it based on the genres and based on the way it was written in the time, I mean, it's just going to give you a different framework for what you're reading. Why does the framework matter so much though? Like you mentioned taking it literally, we've talked a lot about literary genres and how to read it in that way. Why does having a framework or interpretive method or a hermeneutic, you want to use big words, but like why why does that matter so much when you come to it? Why can't you just pick it up and read it? I think you can pick it up and read it, but no matter what, your background, the way that you are wired, what you've grown up with will influence the way that you read it. So if you have a tendency to be more literal, you'll probably read it literally. If you are a person who takes things figuratively, you'll read it figuratively. But I think it's important for you to actively decide and pray through what would be the best way to do it so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to really lead you in that. And I just think it's important because like anything in life, we have a personal framework that then shapes the way that we do things, the way that we think things, the way that we vote, the way that we interact with people on a day-to-day basis. And I think we can fall into the trap of being prideful if we think that our way is the right way and we don't consider any other way. Does everybody already have a framework? What do you mean? Does everyone have a framework to the way they do things or to the way they read? To the way they read the Bible. Like, are we trying to give people a framework because we don't have one by nature or do we already Mm -hmm. have one and we're trying to reframe it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if you take it back to the fall, we're all sinful by nature and we're constantly trying to reframe our mindset to look more like Christ and to follow him and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to shape us. So could you say that we are sinful and fallible and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to shape the way we read? Are you asking me that? Yeah. Yeah, and not even, I I think sinful is a part of it. And I think just life experience by nature shapes us way more than we know. Like all the little things that you've been taught either explicitly or implicitly that you just see the world a certain way, which means you're going to pick up a book in a certain way. And if you have any church experience, there's things that, again, you're conscious of being taught. There's things that you didn't even know you were taught or that there's different views on things that you just have a specific leaning because of what your parents taught you or what a youth leader taught you, or you have no experience in the church, but you're still bringing in life experience to picking up this book. So I do think everyone has a framework and it is a fallen framework by nature because we are born into sin and live that way. And we're trying to be transformed out of that. Similarly, then we need to be transformed into a proper view and framework of the Bible itself. But then how do we explain the fact that there are different frameworks? There are people who take the Bible literally and there are people who don't. 
Well, because I think there's the passage that says, you know, we still see through the mirror dimly. I think it's in First Corinthians 13, maybe, where our knowledge still is not perfect. So we are still impaired by a sinful nature that we're trying to overcome. And we don't know everything as like fallen humans, as limited humans in knowledge in general. So yeah, we come to different conclusions on some of these things. And some of these things are not super clear. So you could have a strong conviction on something. And I think that's good to have strong convictions. But I think you also do need to acknowledge if there's been debates on certain things for years, that probably means that it's a little bit confusing and it's okay to say, like with some of this stuff, I strongly believe what I believe and I may be wrong. Like I I may not have interpreted all these things right, but I do believe them. And I think that's okay to hold both of those things to say, I do really believe this and it also may be wrong, but to the best of my understanding, this is what I see. And so I'm going with that. I think it's okay to have strong convictions. You don't need to be totally like, but we can't know anything, so I'm not going to have a conviction right. on anything. I think have your convictions that you see while also being humble and learning and trying to let those grow and be shaped over time. So for my black and white self and other people that are probably thinking the same way, it could be easy to think, okay, well, you're telling me, find a framework, but at the end of the day, everyone's going to have kind of a different framework, so does it really matter? Can I just pick it up and start reading? What's the importance then in wrestling and actually like choosing one, essentially? Well, the importance about having a framework is that you can't really read the Bible without one. Like we just said, you do have one. So what you're trying to do is get it as close as possible to what you see scripture revealing about itself. Because when we're talking about frameworks or, again, this is kind of a big word, but it's probably even more helpful to say like an interpretive method. So we're looking at what is a method that I can interpret these words by, which we have to have. And you do have one. Everyone does. So you sit down and you read it. By nature, you might be, I'm just going to take all these words as literal. God says they're true. So I'm going to read them exactly that way. What we've talked about is focusing a little bit more on genres. So making sure that we're understanding the context of it, making sure that you see the big themes of it, and that helps you interpret. But all those things are actually us putting little puzzle pieces together for an interpretive method or a general framework for how you read this book, but you already do have one. So what we're trying to do is just say, wherever you start from, let's try to get as close as we can to what scripture is actually saying, which does take time. So what, how I mm-hmm. see the scriptures today is slightly different than a handful of years ago, because I've learned some more, I've seen some more connections, I've put some different pieces together. And hopefully in 10 years, I don't think that it's going to be radically different. It might, if I'm persuaded away from what I think now. But hopefully it's at least more developed, more consistent, because those are the things too. A lot of times our frameworks just aren't very consistent and you're just kind of scattered. And so I think over time you keep wrestling with it, you keep sharpening it, but I think you have to be willing to say that you can be wrong and that might change. Is there ever a point where you don't consider other frameworks? For how to read the Bible? Yeah. No, I mean, I think you always are open-minded to seeing how... I think you're open-minded to seeing different arguments so long as they are primarily given by Scripture itself. Scripture is our ultimate authority, so our framework has to be revealed from Scripture. So if someone's just making a case that is purely from their own human wisdom or their own cultural arguments to how we should understand the Scriptures, I'm not going to be that persuaded by it. That might be an interesting piece to consider 
But if somebody's showing me in the scriptures an argument that is a little bit different than how I view it, then yeah, I think of course we should be open and willing to let our view at least be tweaked, if not changed. But I think over time, if you're doing that and if you're a consistent learner, I don't think you're going to find a lot that's like brand new 30 years you know, into studying this stuff. There might be little tweaks, but I don't think that you'll find just this brand new verse that you've never really read before that unlocks a whole different view. Yeah, I think I was a little bit shocked by that because personally, as always, I want an answer, right? So you I want to hold your view right answer. now forever? No, I don't. I am a lifelong learner and I like learning. I think sometimes I just wish like, okay, it stops. But I also can sometimes be a fearful learner. And so sometimes I can be like, oh, I don't really want to look into that because what if it changes it so much and causes me to think blah, 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 blah. But I think what you said is right and we should all strive to have that because in a lot of other areas of my life, I don't want to be pigeonholed into one thought. I want it to continually evolve because that means I'm still learning and still growing. So I think that's good. Would you say that it's good or right or helpful or necessary to go to the Bible just by yourself and figure this stuff out? If you're meaning that we should just let the Holy Spirit guide us and not have a preacher or a teacher, no, I don't think it's super wise to go by yourself and use that as your only guide. Not saying that the Holy Spirit can't teach you and show you a bunch of stuff. Not saying that at all. But I do see in scripture, specifically Acts, that there is a place for the local church and for preaching and teaching. So what is the level of, I would even take it one step past that in just learning these things in community in general. What is the role of community in this stuff then how much should we be trying to sort this stuff out you know with you and the holy spirit wrestling through a scripture how much should be within the context of a community whether that's just faithful believers that are wrestling through it whether that's through a teacher because i do think you're right we see spiritual gifts of teaching and preaching that wouldn't be the case if we didn't need it so there is a place for that there's a place for wrestling through this stuff with people but what is that place exactly like how much should be individual and how much should be with people. And you can give me a percentage since you're very black and white. Oh my goodness. I say that I'm black and white, but this is going to come back to bite me because I really feel like a lot of answers I give are sometimes gray too. So I don't know. It's because life is gray. Andrew's been telling me that's living in wisdom, living in the gray. Oh my word. Anyway, but I think, yeah, I mean, the only verses that I really have that come to mind would be 1 Corinthians 12, where it's talking about how the body is designed to live and work together or... I had looked up some other ones like Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I don't know. I feel like it's very important to answer your question, to work this out with other people. But it's sometimes easy for us to only do that with others when I think we can neglect spending time with the Holy Spirit and then just asking him because God's given us the spirit to direct us. And so I do believe we should be spending time in both areas, mm. honestly, probably equally. But personally, I spend more time with other people. Yeah, that's interesting. I think there does need to be some sort of rhythm of both in your life where you are just abiding in Jesus. But also what's interesting about that is I do think, you know, we always take that individually, I think, abide mm. in Jesus. But the other thing, he's talking to a community of people. You should abide in Jesus, but we should abide in Jesus. So I do think there's a level of both, even in that, like our relationship with Jesus is not just individual. I don't mean that to be like 
yeah. a controversial take, but it, it's not. Like you are united to Jesus, which means you are united to all of us who are united to Jesus. So there's this simultaneous individuality to that. Like your sins have to be forgiven. You have to like come to a deep trust in Christ. But also in doing that, you are immediately grafted into a community. And so I do think there has to be this rhythm of our Christian lives where we are learning and growing, whether it's theologically, whether it's with our understanding of the Bible, with doing this together as a community, as well as trying to just individually hear from the Spirit or use our gifts in certain ways. But I I do think maybe we guess we just do err on one of the two sides, I would say, for most people. So then when you think of that, are you mainly thinking about Acts as your jumping off point in Scripture? How we're united to a people? No. What are you thinking of? I think from, you know, our favorite place, Genesis 1 and 2, we see that from the beginning, God creates one, says it's not good, needs two, then Adam and Eve marry, and the call is... Now you two fill the whole earth with image bearers that you can rule and reign together with. So from the very beginning, the foundation of our story is built in. There needs to be community and there has to be this like communal ruling and reigning in God's kingdom. The fractures that you see in scripture is actually when communities break down, like Adam and Eve, their relationship breaks down because of the temptation to sin. Family after family after family in Genesis breaks down because there's relational issues and sin. And the restoring work is always bringing things back together. Mm -hmm. So bringing families back together, bringing life out of death, like all these things is bringing this communal sense of harmony and relationship and togetherness. I think we probably struggle with that view because our culture is more individualistic than communal, where around the world globally, there's probably a lot more understanding of the communal nature of scripture where even when I said the thing about abiding in Jesus, I don't know actually until I said that if I've ever really mm. thought about us as a people abiding in Jesus. I've yeah. always literally thought about that as individual. But if you think about it, he's teaching his disciples and saying, hey, we need you need to abide in me. But what does that mean if not we are the body and we have to abide in him together? I think that does have individual yeah. implications that we have to follow. But then you go through in Deuteronomy, there's the command um, for parents or fathers specifically to teach their children, to train their children. There's this family call of teaching and training and growing up, raising up in that. That turns into the nation of Israel and the people have to follow their prophets and the king as they're leading the people into God's presence or back with God. You get into the New Testament where Jesus does, again, give this similar command of making disciples and we have to be these communities of people that are in him. Acts is filled with it. But even think about when we're talking about teaching and training, like 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are letters written to pastors, which are, especially at that point, primarily teachers and preachers. And he's giving them the command to lead the church in teaching sound doctrine, like teaching good things and right things, um, teaching against false doctrine. Like it's specifically these roles of doing that for the communities, not just Mm -hmm. for individuals. And even in Revelation, like the, the all of Revelation is written to these seven churches. So it's not even just an individual. It's like these little communities of people and all the letters in the New Testament are written to churches besides the individual ones that I just mentioned that are supposed to wrestle with these things together, to read them out loud, not just individually, which is what we often do is we open our Bible in our quiet time and we sit there and we read, 
These letters were originally given to churches to be read in the church gathering context and wrestled through with mm-hmm. teachers and other members in the church going through this stuff. So I just think it's all over, but probably because yeah. of our world framework that we have, we lean individual where probably a lot of other societies would need more emphasis on pushing back to individual because they're primarily communal. We're just the opposite. I think we need to be pushed sometimes to the communal. Okay, so going back to the idea of framework then, when you're trying to do this within a community, who should that community be that's helping you build a framework? I think there does need to be an individual element of letting the spirit direct some of that. And you do, you do as a person have to be persuaded of this view and hold that conviction. But that is coming from your community helping to shape you. So should you be, is it just like, you know, your group of friends within a church? Is it just your pastor? Is it people that don't hold some of the things that you naturally do and it's opposing views that you should take in? Who is this community that should be helping you build a framework? I think that's a great question. I mean, I want to say an answer that you won't really like, and that is you listen to your community, but then you take that back to scripture and pray through it and talk to the Lord. Oh, no, like that. I thought you were going to say, don't listen to your pastor. Oh, no, 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 no. But I think that you would need to do that because I really do think the Holy Spirit will convict you. But I think to go outside of the overall church and try to find a framework for reading the Bible, I don't think that's wise necessarily because it feels like for a new Christian or a new believer or someone who's just trying to find a framework for their Bible. If you go to someone who's an atheist, how they read the Bible would be completely different. Well, yes. But what about even different Christians that hold different views than let's say your church or what? Maybe somebody who's not brand new. Maybe you've been reading the Bible for a while. Is it, and now you're trying to almost rebuild a framework or strengthen a framework of reading the Bible should you be trying to find two, three, four opposing views and intake all of that? Should it primarily be, hey, the Lord has me in this community. I need oh, to lean heavy here. Because yeah. I do think there, there are, you know, at times things to learn from the world or people that don't hold a biblical worldview at all. But I do think you're right. Like that's a dangerous thing to try to build a biblical framework on. But what about even within the, hmm. the big C church, the community of God? How far out do you go? I think that's a really hard question because... The learner in me would say, well, you should take in four or five ideas, pray about them, think through them. But then the people pleaser, but also community person inside of me is saying, well, if God has you in a certain church and that's what they're preaching through and that's what they're believing, like just take that and learn and see what God has for you there. So I feel like that's a difficult question to answer. I would add that we shouldn't be, I personally believe, We should not be fearful in hearing another view or considering another view from a brother and sister in Christ. And I think that because if we start to become fearful or so gripped to our theology rather than being open-handed and saying, okay, Lord, someone's bringing this to my attention. They're bringing it from scripture. It's consistent. It makes sense. What do you say about it? If we aren't doing that, I think then we are clinging far too strongly or tightly to an ideology or a theology rather than to Christ and who he is. I do think that is a huge thing of even when you do read opposing viewpoints on certain things, 
to continue to wrestle through even that in community. Cause it is easy to be swayed, especially if you're like reading an expert in something. I mean, they are an expert because they're going to have really good arguments for that. And sometimes it's just really easy to buy into things that you read or even for people listening to this, it's probably easy to listen to us and just over time slowly believe what we believe, which in some ways is natural. Like, you know, if I listen to certain people enough or read certain people, I am solely going to believe what they believe, which is probably why it's important to be careful of who you are listening Mm -hmm. to most often and make sure you trust that they are going to the scriptures. Even when we're talking about how do we understand the scriptures, if the scripture is our ultimate authority, that still has to be the foundation for how we even understand that book. And so make sure people are going there and then keep wrestling through it mm-hmm. in community so that you can keep getting different views or keep kind of pulling you back to not getting swayed right. by anything you're reading. Yeah. And as we were saying too, go back to scripture yourself. Essentially what we're promoting is critical thinking and not just in taking every single thing you hear, but taking it with a critical lens, talking through it with community, praying through it, praying through scripture, and really allowing the Lord to dictate what you believe and how you believe it. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Please like this, rate it, review it, share it so that it can get out to more people. If you have any questions, email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. We'll see you next week.